In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today is the Sunday before the great feast of Theophany, or the baptism of our Lord. On the eve of this great feast, St. Gregory of Palamas wrote the following words. Repentance is the beginning, middle, and end of the Christian way of life. Let me repeat that because it is so important and because in a few days we will celebrate the baptism of our Lord in the Jordan River where John was baptizing for the washing of one's sins. St. Gregory wrote, repentance is the beginning, middle, and end of the Christian way of life so it is both sought and required before holy baptism, in holy baptism, and after holy baptism. In short, repentance is the way of life for all Christians. We are asked to express our repentance in words at the time of our baptism, when we were questioned about our good conscience towards God to make a covenant with him. And if we were baptized as children, then our godparents were asked on our behalf if we have aligned ourselves with Christ, if we had given up our old and fallen ways, and if in fact we are committing our life to Christ himself. It's about making a covenant with God and a promise to live a God-pleasing life that bears witness to our love for God. God first loves us. God first has showered his love upon us. And the natural response to one who loves you is that you return the love. And we are called this day to return the love which God has shared upon us. God calls us not only to love him, but to love one another. Forgiveness from God and from one another is an act of love. Forgiving the other is a way of saying, I reunite myself with you. I am no longer separated from you. And this is what God does for us in baptism. Not only does he wash away our own sins, and not only do we die to the old Adam, but he raises us from those baptismal waters and the resurrection of Christ and makes us sons and daughters of the light. In St. Paul's letter to Timothy, which was read today, St. Paul, yesterday, St. Paul writes, I am writing these instructions to you so that if I am delayed, you know how you ought to behave in the household of God, the household of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and the bulwark of truth. St. Paul writes to Timothy so that he might know how he ought to behave. And that letter is shared with us as St. Paul's letters were throughout the Christian communities so that likewise we might know how to behave. 
Paul goes on to write, great indeed, we confess is the mystery of our religion. A great indeed is the mystery of our faith. God was manifest in the faith. God was manifested in the flesh. He was born in that manger in that cave in Bethlehem as a little child. And you remember in the last feast how I said that the theme of that feast was that the child is God. He was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit as we will see in the great feast of Theophany in a few days. That the Holy Spirit alights upon him, comes down upon him in the likeness of a dove. And God the Father bears witness to him and says, this is my beloved son. Jesus is not an adopted son. You and I are adopted sons and daughters of the living God. But Jesus is not adopted. He's the second person of the Holy Trinity who we say in the creed was begotten of the Father from all ages, from before creation. He always was with God He was the divine Logos, the one who created the entire cosmos. It is him who was born in that manger in Bethlehem as a little child. It's why we say the child is God, because in fact he is God who is incarnate, who became one of us. And this Tuesday evening and Wednesday we will celebrate that same child who was born in that manger who became one of us being baptized in the Jordan and transforming all of creation for our sake and making a way of forgiveness and initiation for us in baptism who was baptized in the river Jordan by John for our sake. He is the same one whom God says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And Paul goes on to say, he is justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory on the 40th day following his resurrection. Paul goes on to write, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by giving heed to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons through the pretenses of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and enjoin abstinence from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. What we believe, what we listen to, what we understand really matters. Knowing the word of God is the only way that you and I will know God. And it is the only way that you and I will know what is pleasing to God. And it is the only way that you and I will know what our relationship is meant to be with God. So often through my priesthood, I have heard God quoted for many things he never said and never revealed. It's clear when someone does not know the word of God and then places those burdens upon people so much, so heavily that they break their spirit. 
We are called to know the word of the living God, a loving, merciful, kind, and compassionate God who loves us so much that he became that babe in the manger and was baptized in the Jordan for our sake and ultimately to die on that cross and to descend into Hades and destroy the very power of death so that he could make a way for us from this world into the kingdom of God. No greater love could God show for us than to do the great acts which he has done. In the Gospel of Matthew, which we just heard read, we hear that at that time John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, repent. Why did he preach repent? Why this understanding of repentance that I talked about at the beginning of this sermon? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is present. You and I participate in that kingdom of heaven right now in this very liturgy. We celebrate this liturgy with the angels and with the saints who have gone before us. When the priest prepares the bread for the Holy Eucharist, on that discus during the prothesis service done typically before liturgy or the orthros, the priest gathers on that discus the whole church. In the center is the Lamb of God, that very center of the Holy Bread that is offered for the Holy Eucharist, which says in it and boasts on that bread, I see exe, Jesus Christ, and I-K-A, conquers over all. Christ stands in the center of that discus. And to his left, the priest places the Theotokos, or a piece of bread commemorating the Theotokos, and on the right, the nine ranks of the bodiless hosts. And then he commemorates the saints and all of those gone before us. And then on that discus, he commemorates all the living and the dead whose names you have given him to remember. And the priest remembers all those priests who have served before him in this parish, those living and those dead. And so the whole church is represented on that discus as gathering together and participating in the kingdom of heaven here and now on earth. The gospel, it continues, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for our Lord. And in the gospel reading on Tuesday and Wednesday, we will hear that John is shocked that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, whom John knows who he is, is coming to him to be baptized in the River Jordan. Because John says, one comes after me who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am unworthy to stoop down and untie. John says, I have baptized with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And indeed, we have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. In our baptism, after we were lifted from the waters of that baptismal font, the priest sealed us with the gift of the Holy Spirit through the chrism, 
that was placed upon our forehead and our cheeks and our eyes and our ears and our chests and our back and our hands and our feet that we might be sealed with the Holy Spirit and walk in his ways. So indeed, Christ has come and is baptized with the Holy Spirit. John was shocked that the Son of the living God would come to him to receive baptism in the Jordan. And our Lord's words to him were, for now let it be so. And John baptized him for our sake. Christ certainly did not need the baptism of washing, which John did. But he did it so that our sins once and for all would be forgiven. And that Christ would be baptized once and for all for all of us, so that no longer is our baptism the baptism of the Old Testament, but it is the baptism of the New Testament, which is the initiation into the faith of life, into the Orthodox faith, into the way of life of following God and being sealed with the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit himself. As we approach this great feast, let us give thanks to God for all the great things that he has done for us for indeed our God is a great God. May the love and mercy of God be with you all the days of your life.